0: Hey Dan talks listeners welcome to another week of Dan talks. Wow, what a week um, not good. So I hope if you are like feeling bad, etc, that this pod is like a nice respite because we are talking about something totally unrelated to anything of real consequence <laughs> in the world. and that is my favorite Instagram account, which is run by this man, David Swanson. Young man, I should say, uh, it's his personal Instagram, and I think he shares like so much about his real life to the point that I'm like endlessly intrigued, and was really excited to talk to him on Zoom last week about his life in Connecticut, working at McDonald's, his boyfriends, and like how he shares that with instagram which i have like so much like reservations about he like dives right in so i put his uh instagram handle in the description i encourage you to check it out before during or after because his instagram i think is um the best one on the internet so without further ado i hope you enjoy david swanson mwah David Swanson, I think, well, I know that you don't know that you are my most favorite Instagram account to follow. Oh, thank you. I have a lot to talk to you about. Um, I followed you randomly, like, it had to have been like a year and a half ago. I found you on the Explore page and ate up the content, and I have so much to talk about that. Um, did you ever notice me liking your stuff and being like, who is this random guy? Oh, of course. <laughs> and did you think anything? <laughs> like, did yeah, I, you, I, what do you think of me?
1: <laughs> I didn't really notice that much. Um, I, I know you get the notifications, like, oh, uh, this person like blah, 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 but sometimes I get a lot of people that do that same thing, so I like, didn't you know, pay much attention to it. I'm always working, too, so...
0: Uh-huh. Well, you found a way to be as offensive as possible in that answer, but thank <laughs> you. I, no, I did not check you out. No, I did not notice anything. And also, I'm too busy to notice. Oh, well, yeah. Do you still work at McDonald's, or do you have a different job? No,
1: I don't. I uh, left there about two years fully. Um, I work at a trucking company now um, in Trashville,
0: and what are you doing with the truck company?
1: Um, I'm in transportation. So pretty much being with all truck drivers, getting the loads out, delivered on time on um, this past year, I've been doing a lot more billing. So I feel like an accountant, but, um, I really enjoy it.
0: You've always had real jobs. I remember when you worked at target Yeah. and then you were a manager at McDonald's and now working at the trucking company. Yeah. Um, did you, you graduated high school? Yeah,
1: 2011.
0: And did you graduate college or go to college?
1: I did it for a year, and then I had a lot of personal issues at home where I needed to focus more on work and pay bills.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: I kind of lost interest in the whole school thing.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: I like, oh, I'm going to take a semester off. Well, it's been about, uh, you know, at least five, six years, seven uh-huh. years. Actually, no, next year is my 10 year high school. So about eight, nine years. Wow. But I'm up. Uh, I do want to continue school. My job actually offers to pay for it. So I'm probably going to go, if not, probably not this year, but next year, definitely.
0: Nice. And you're in Ohio? Uh, Connecticut. You're in Connecticut? Why, why did I think you are in... Have you ever been to Ohio and tagged there? Oh. Oh, my gosh. This whole time I thought... I pictured you being in Ohio, but that, that obviously was just my projection. Because I uh, think you're... Um, I think like yours, I feel like a connection with you as like a gay person in America, I feel like, like as a white gay boy in America, I feel like you are so like, uh, just like the embodiment of so much of like American white boy, gay culture but not in a like stereotypical way in, but in a way that's like unapologetic and like multifaceted and I'm a little embarrassed because I've, I just I've thought all these things I've never said. I, I told to my brother once I'm like you have to look at this Instagram account because he'll just share like really colorful drinks from the Applebe'es and yeah. like your Christmas decorations and your cat and your body and you'll post something, you'll post like something unrelated and you'll tag like faggot or insta gay or like, yeah. <laughs> um, or like sexy for posts that are not sexy, like something that has nothing to do with sex. Yeah. Where do you get, where do you think you get those impulses to like,
1: do that. Uh, I noticed that if you tag just random stuff, you get more likes.
0: Huh.
1: So part of it was like, after I was just putting pictures up when the Instagram first came out, you know, like eons ago, and it was whatever. And then over the years, you realize that, oh, hey, people just want to like stuff that say this tag. So yeah, you look up this one hashtag, and it pops up with all this things. So you pop up on their page. Kind of like for uh, TikTok, for instance, the 4 You page, where it's just a random thing, but people are now realizing that if you tag just anything, you're going to pop up on their page. Right. Even if you don't have a million likes.
0: And you've seen, like, well, obviously it worked for me because it brought me to you through the algorithm somehow. So you must, like, have experienced success with that.
1: So far, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, like, a million followers like anything but hopefully maybe one day uh-huh. I would love to do that, but uh-huh. for now and one step at a time
0: do you and I also love that you share your relationships and like I feel like you love hard and you break up hard like Absolutely. You're, you're very sad like you're very in love and then you're very heartbroken yes and I am too but I just will never say that on Instagram, I do performance work and I, I'll make performances about those things, but there's something very intimidating about Instagram and the internet. What makes you fearless about that?
1: Um, I was like that for a while and then I I kind of just started not giving a fuck, to be honest. Excuse my language, but um, I I grew up in kind of a richly small-minded town of Sellington, Connecticut. And I was at the moment, the only openly gay guy in my graduating class. There was there was others that were like lower grades or higher grades than me, but in my own class, the only one that was open. And um, of course it was the bullying and all that stuff and it was a different time. Nowadays, I feel like it's more socially acceptable. But when I was in school, it wasn't. So I, again, I got bullied, I was very shy, I was hidden. And then towards the end of high school and then definitely after high school, I uh, opened up more and I just stopped caring. I became the me that I love, where I don't care what you wanna say to me, I'll say it right back to you. Um, I have no shame. I just, I'm here to live life, you know, It's, it's very short. I've been through a lot in my small life that I've had, but I, one thing I pride myself on is being the most honest person I can be.
0: Yes. And I, like, value that a lot, too. Or, like, I see that, and I appreciate it a lot. Would you, is there difficult things you've been through that you would like to share?
1: Um, I can't say, like, completely difficult. Like, compared to some people's lives, I probably had a mate. Um, Personally, I think the worst thing is When I was 18, my mom was a single mother, um, graduated high school. This was kind of brings me back to the college story where I was talking about where we got evicted at home. Um, We were living in the same house pretty much all my life. So 18 years of memories in this one house and we just couldn't afford the rent anymore. My mom was single. She couldn't keep up the bills. Landlord just kept raising the rent. Um, So we got evicted, um, ended up moving to another town with her at the moment boyfriend lived there for a year, which was like one of the worst years ever because I was sitting on a couch and I woke up at five in the morning to drive an hour away to work. Actually, it was an internship at the moment. And then after that, I went to school. Then from school, went to work and then back home another hour. So that whole year was just horrendous. I think that was one of the hardest years for me. But... Other than that, I think I had a pretty good childhood for the most part. My parents were married up until, I think I was like 10, 11, 12, around that age. Wasn't like close to my father. So for me, it wasn't like a giant groundbreaking, life-changing thing. Um, I think the only thing that changed was obviously the income in the house. So my mom had to work two jobs, support us. I have a brother and a sister. So I think for the most part, though, we made it, you know, I'm, I'm happy with how my childhood ended up, nothing scarring me. I just keep going on.
0: Well, that makes one of us, but um, yeah. do you live by yourself now?
1: Um, No, I'm still with, at the moment, my ex-boyfriend. Um, we recently broke up about five months ago, um, but we're still close. We're still friends. There's no, like, we don't hate each other. It was a mutual decision at the same part. Well, not at first, you know, I was really depressed, but we've grown to get along um, more like roommates anyways. He works one side of the day, I work the other side, so barely see each other. Um, we were together for like four years. So there's that. He moved into the guest room, but I can't afford rent by myself. So there's that.
0: But you also have a guest room, like fans.
1: Um, kind of. I, I consider um the town I'm in. and It's just like a ghetto. The street is ghetto, <laughs> so rent is fairly cheap. But it's a multi-family home. We live on the first floor, front porch, two bedroom. It's all small, but it's perfect for like a starter apartment.
0: Uh huh. To start and then break up and then he has to go in the other room.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Great. Um, great life.
0: <laughs> but how long have you lived together?
1: I'm um, about three three years.
0: So you thought you were going to get married, probably.
1: I did. I did. I had those visions in my head. I always, of course, you know, I always had like the what I want my wedding to be like when I was younger, like little schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, big so, white dress. A <laughs> yeah, big, big white dress. No. Uh, but I had a, it was definitely a unique wedding because, especially like, I didn't want to be super traditional. Yeah. Because I'm gay. I wanted to do something different than me. So I always had like a little side sketchbook type of thing and then I fell in love with him and I still do love him, but clearly it wasn't meant to be.
0: Uh-huh. Do you? How do you uh, make your coffee in the morning and not um, hate it? <laughs> um, with some skinny syrup, pumpkin spice preferably. <laughs>
1: Um, No, there wasn't that... Sometimes I wish, because I feel like it would have been easier. If if I hated him, if he cheated on me, if something like that happened. But even through the breakup, there was still that love and admiration towards each other. It was... He has a rough life himself, so there was a lot of that in the decision-making. I didn't really get a decision, clearly. But through it all... Over the five months, I've had a lot of time to myself to think, to understand what went wrong, maybe. And I think, just looking at it at a different light, not being depressed, it—I've noticed that clearly there was something wrong, and it wasn't meant to be. So we work off as friends. I think the whole relationship was a friendship. Like most love stories, it's a friendship set on fire. I've always loved that quote. So I I think. Nice. there, there's that, but there's not, nothing else. I don't see myself anymore with them, you know? Yeah.
0: So, it, so the breakup happened post-COVID when you're on lockdown, and then did you have more like a month with each other in the house, and then you're like, you want to have the conversation? We'll have the conversation.
1: No, it wasn't even better, Matt. Uh, no, it was actually um, we, were both, we we're both needed for work. So he's in the health field. And I'm in the transportation field, so both were essential workers. So right. we weren't stuck at home. We were both working the entire time.
0: And, it's like, this time is all about, I hate when people say this time. It's like, shut up. But um, right now, it's a lot about separation and isolation, obviously. And you have broken up, and now you're, like, in the same house, but, like, emotionally distant out Assume or like,
1: yeah.
0: like you don't have movie night.
1: No, there's no no movie night no date night. No, every now and then I'm cooking a big dinner. I'll be like, hey, do you want any? Uh
0: huh. And then you'll take, you'll turn around, and spit in the plate, and eat it too.
1: No, no. <laughs>
0: Maybe. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, up too much. it's
1: it's interesting.
0: And you're not slipping up, and are you having sex every now and then?
1: It's been months since that happened. Wow. Since yes, before? Yeah. Right? No, um, after. It was happening. It's it's been months now.
0: Wow, interesting.
1: Yes. Do you the Vir- what's that? The Virgin Mary again.
0: Yeah, right? I'm like I've I've reached a record. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: What do you th- I, I said from the meeting it's a homophobic disease. First they close the bars, then the gyms. Then no groups of 10 people or more. I'm like, what do you yeah. want to wear the gays? What are we going to do?
1: See, with Connecticut, it's um, it's not as awful. I feel like a lot of people here just kind of gave up on COVID. Like, it doesn't exist as much.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, at first, it was like, oh, I can't touch you. I can't be around you. You can't do anything. And now it's like, eh, I guess I'll wear this mask because I have to, uh-huh. not because I want to. You know, it's, yeah. there's cases but it's not as bad as other states. Mm-hmm. Um, but even at work, at first they made us it was mandatory you had to wear a mask. Now, we're all walking around without a mask. Hmm. And there's no new cases. So it's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the only, the only time I wear a mask is if I go to the grocery store.
0: Yeah. Do you think about um, dating right now at all? Not at all. Is this the first time that you're not like kind of on the apps and like, on the prowl, it's the first time you're like, well, I guess I really am just single, and that's it.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, I, for, uh, I feel like I was married for like 30 years and got a divorce, and the whole world has changed. Uh-huh, now it, it's
0: I forget, four it, years is a lot in dating world.
1: It is, it is, I think this, this is obviously my long friendship, before that I think the most I lasted was a year.
0: Wow, you really were gonna get married?
1: I thought so, yeah.
0: I don't mean to keep handing at home. I'm just.
1: Okay, I, just
0: like,
1: I don't have a heart left anymore, so it's, it's great.
0: <laughs> Welcome, sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a much like deeper voice than I thought. Well, like, I've heard your singing voice, but you have like a very like deep manly voice. I get that a lot. yes. and you're like, and it's not an Elizabeth Holmes Theranos fake deep voice. It's like a real. Do you, um, you like, is poultry a word? Do you, like, get a lot of guys back when you were single? Were you, like, confident and out there? Or were you, like, timid?
1: I was. I like the once upon a time I was a hoe type of thing. Um,
0: Not long ago, except it was long ago. It was, actually,
1: yeah. I, I think about the time, and I'm like, that was like six, seven years ago. What?
0: Because now you're you must be twenty six, twenty seven.
1: Turned twenty seven in August.
0: Twenty seven. Wow. Yeah, I'm twenty eight, so it's a very similar. I'm like, I got two more years left till the gate fifty.
1: Oh, I know, I know, I know. My one of my friends just turned thirty,
0: and I'm like, oh,
1: here we go. It's coming.
0: Do you find all your straight friends are getting partners and getting married?
1: No, actually, sad story. Um, I really only have two very close friends um, that I've had since high school. Um, one of them is in a relationship at the moment. She has a daughter. That relationship's not the best. But they're kind of like just friends, roommates in a way. Um, and then my other friend, she just lost her fiancé a year ago. So she's still dealing with that. And actually, he was really close. I worked with him at my new job. So it was, like, a very small world when that happened. But he, um, yeah, he passed away a year ago. So we're all still kind of dealing with that. We had this one-year memorial thing back in July. And then um, they are supposed to get married next month. So we're still going on, like, a girl's weekend vacation to Poconos.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're, uh, I was supposed to do the wedding cake. So, instead of doing a giant wedding cake, now I'm going to do... I'm doing a cake for the weekend because she still wants the cake, but I'm going to do something slash wedding slash memorial, you know, so it still honors him.
0: It's going to be a lot of crying.
1: Oh, yeah, a lot. A
0: lot of crying,
1: a lot of smoking, a lot of drinking,
0: yeah.
1: fire. Great.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think we all need it. No yeah. kids.
0: Right. Do you... um? You must i feel like you're a very good friend do you have do you find that you're a good listener and confidant
1: yes um i i think of myself as empathic um i like to listen i like to care um i like to understand i'm big into psychology so that always played a part in my life um but i'm also very honest as you probably tell already yes Uh, so i don't hold back so that's Maybe that's why I only have two friends. <laughs> well, no one can handle it, honestly. They all want it, but they can't handle it. So these two can definitely handle it, and they already know what I'm going to say before so I'm going to say it. Sometimes, so they prepare themselves. Uh huh. But I'm always, I'm always there.
0: Do you um, fantasize about being rich?
1: Oh, every day. Every day.
0: <laughs> what is life for if not fantasizing about being rich?
1: Okay, I, I live. I like to make myself look like I have money. So I'm always, again, I think this stems back from where I grew up, a very rich town, not having money. So I think I've always wanted to make myself look like I have more than I do. Mm. You know, clothes. I get, this is Levi, a brand name that I got for like seven bucks at TJ Maxx. But no one knows that because it looks like I spent a lot of money on it. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Um, I don't go crazy. I know the bargain shop. Except I just bought a new car. That was crazy, but definitely
0: needed. Do you um, care much? I also want to talk about McDonald's specifically. Okay. But do you care much about um, like what industry you work in?
1: Um, for the longest time, actually, I wanted to be a teacher. That's what I was going to school for and all that stuff. And then I did my internships. But I ended up falling out of love with teaching. I loved being in the classroom. I loved having the kids learn. I loved that face, that look on their face when they they get it and it was because of you. But the way the education system is going, I didn't like it. I was teaching kids how to pass a test instead of teaching them how to get through life, stuff like that. And it pissed me off. And I actually had a teacher that we were family friends with. My brother and sister had her in fourth grade. So I got to internship not with her, but in the same school. And I would talk to her every now and then. And she was like, if I was your age, I wouldn't be a teacher. Mm-hmm. But she, straight, she, she was in her probably 60s by then. So that was a huge hit too. It was like, wow, you taught your entire life. And now you're saying that if if you were my age at this point, starting your career, you probably wouldn't have done it because of what it's turned into. Mm-hmm. So going from that, and then I went full force into mcdonald's um became a manager loved being a manager so i think business management is more my my thing and then i tried transportation on for you know my mom works there so she got me in a little bit she got me the interview anyways wow. and i've been there for two years I, I love it it's a whole different world but it reminds me of mcdonald's too so it's like it coincides and then also my teaching goes into it because i'm the person that trained all the new people
0: Ah. and even
1: the older people who've already been there forever I, I already know more than them so I show them how to do something Uh uh-huh. but everything I love is kind of put into one
0: yeah what um did you get sick of smelling the McDonald's
1: no um, my McDonald's was fairly clean
0: um I only say that, I don't say it because McDonald's dirty, I'm saying because I worked at a Nike store and like every time I smell fresh Nikes, I'm triggered.
1: No, for a lot of, I think it's a misconception, to be honest, Um, a lot of people think that the food, it's like a strong odor for us, but it's not. I think when you work around it a lot, you become numb to it. Yeah. So for us, like, oh, it's just work. But to customers, like, Mm, those french fries or, mm, you know, the oil, the nugget. No, it's... it. You get used to it after a while. And a lot of people also, the other part is you come home smelling like it. I was one of those that never came home smelling like it. And to this day, I still don't know how. But...
0: You have... You're claiming that you never smelled like a McDonald's after you would work all day at a McDonald's.
1: I didn't. And then another thing was I... My uniform was always clean. Uh-huh. When everyone was a disaster, and as a manager, you wear—you don't wear like that—that that fabric that everything bounces off of. You wear the, the button ups and the tie and everything like that. So that stuff stains like crazy. But somehow, even when I was cleaning, never got dirty.
0: Wow! How many uniforms do you get?
1: Um each each franchise or company is different, but mine was. When you got hired or promoted as a manager, you started off with, I think it was, like, three or four button-ups, two polos, two pairs of pants, and then, of course, a tie for each button-up. Um, and then, as the years go on, they'll every now and then, they'll order a new uniform for, like, an event that we're doing. So, by the time I was done, I think I had about 40-something shirts altogether, maybe 50.
0: Do you still have them?
1: I do. They're in a bag right now. I've been meaning to drop them off. But because of COVID, I haven't been there because it's a whole ordeal.
0: Right. Drop them off at the store or at a Goodwill or something?
1: I want to go to the store and kind of go to my store manager and be like, here you go, uh-huh.
0: bitch. Is, <laughs> is, um, how much would you... It's like a stupid question, but how much would you eat? Like, would you eat McDonald's every day that you worked, basically?
1: I did because it was free for managers.
0: Wow. Uh, How much is it if, you, if you're not a manager, if you're just entry level?
1: My store it was 50% off.
0: Okay, all right.
1: So as a crew, it wasn't bad. It was, you know, you only get one meal a day, half off. Other than that, you gotta pay full price. Okay. Uh, manager, of course, and then you get sneak little nuggets every now and then. But, uh, but I didn't really eat that bad either. So I mostly stuck with the grilled chicken or every now and then I had a salad. Um, I had, if I had a quarter pounder, I would get it without the bun because I couldn't eat the whole thing. So really I didn't eat that awful. Uh Um, And I actually lost weight working there because I was running around all the time.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, I I was at my lowest weight working there when I started this job that I'm at now. I'm sitting at a desk all day I gained weight so currently I'm working on losing it and going back to that plus a relationship being happy in one you know you, you don't The really <laughs> so both of us gained weight uh-huh. during this whole thing and we're both well he lost a bunch of weight with his new job but I'm still working on it because I like food
0: uh-huh. wow are the levels of the McDonald's, tell me if you're like, I hate talking about this, but is it crew, like associate manager? Like, like what are the levels?
1: So, um, right when I started, they changed the entire structure. So it used to be yeah, your crew, your manager, and then your assistant manager and store manager. Well, then they changed the entire structure and what they call an RDM structure, which is a restaurant department manager. Mm -hmm. Um, so they took that assistant store manager and broke into three people so now there's a store manager at the top there's three department managers so they're each in charge of their own department different tasks of the store and then under each of them is a shift manager which is your basic, you know, you get promoted from a crew, you're a manager you just run the shift, that's all you're doing then there's the crew, but in between a crew and a manager, sometimes we have a crew trainer. They don't really have any power. They get like a, little, a different uniform maybe, a little 25 cent raise, and they're supposed to train all the new people. That's about
0: it. And they're the ones who, if there's a new crew member and they're entering the thing and then they F something up, they come over to the thing and fix it.
1: Yeah. They're supposed to anyways. Yeah.
0: Do you... Um, how hard is it doing that job of being the front, like what is the hardest job behind the counter?
1: Oh, man. Um,
0: I would think interacting with the public the most would be the hardest, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: I think that depends on your personality. Um, I I never well, had a let's say about me then. <laughs> I think you'd be fine. Well, um, like personally me, like I was always good with public. I can put on that, that customer service face really well, and then as soon as I turn around, it's like, oh, this is fucking... You know. uh, but I think, actually, the hardest job, I would think, is maintenance. Because they're cleaning, and they're, they're listening to a store manager, follow them 24-7, like, this spot, that spot, this spot, corporate's coming today. you need to do this, you need to do that. So, honestly, I think doing with customers, a lot better than that. Yeah. But for customer service-wise, I think the front counter is probably because you're face to face with that customer, unlike if you're in
0: drive-through. <laughs> An AirPod. Um,
1: I think so. In drive-through, you're not face to face with them. You're on you're on the headset. I love that. You can make your faces all you want yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. As long as you get the order right.
0: Right, and then they well, right, and then if they're yeah. But I love the division of the vehicles and that you don't really see them when they order. And then they just come to this window, do this. That window, do that. Goodbye. Exactly. Um, what was my question about the... Oh, I remember being a busboy at the restaurant I worked at. And when the health inspector would come in, it was like a five million things that you needed to do to change yeah. for the health inspector. And I assume that must be what it was like when corporate showed up. And also, what does corporate look like when they show up? Are they wearing normal clothes? Are they wearing a jacket? Are they wearing something that says has an M on it, or are they like undercover? What's the T?
1: They are. They're, they're they're dressed nice. They're not like suit and ties. Um, the male ones that we've had come um, will wear like a button up and a tie, but he was pretty chill once you got to know him. Um, the females will usually wear like you know the business casual in a way. There's no logo of McDonald's on them so you don't even know unless you already met them you have no idea who they are you, you know of a name and what their gender is that's about it so unless you've met them you have no idea and then after a while if you have the same one for a certain amount of time you know what car they have <laughs> <laughs> you know how to order the food to test you all stuff. And so do they you-
0: do you just do a dry run of like ordering something and getting it and yeah. eating it
1: yeah, we've had, um, we have an area supervisor um, where she's in charge of uh, my franchise at three different locations that he owned. So the area supervisor was in charge of all three. And she would go through drive through her front counter and right before corporate visit would order food, test it out, and give us her, her annoying feedback. Uh, and then. Um,
0: what was some of other- the feedback? What was this stuff that was like, that doesn't matter, but she would point out.
1: Uh she like everything. I hated this woman. Um, it was the way like the, the cheese hung off the the meat or something no like that. No way. Which, to be fair, that it's it's a McDonald's golden standard. So you learn it. We go to a class for it as managers. There there's literally these these golden standards that people don't, you don't realize as a customer how complicated McDonald's is. Um, but it's, it's the littlest thing that would set her off. And I just wanted to throw punch her half the time.
0: Is it down to like only three pickles on a cheeseburger, only six pickles on a Big Mac?
1: No, six pickles. These get fired. <laughs> two, it's two pickles. So one pickle for a cheeseburger, two pickles for everything else.
0: Including Big Mac? Yep. Only oh, two pickles. There's only two. So if you're getting three plus, you're get you are in the mafia or something. Like you must know you gotta know a guy. Yeah,
1: if you wanted to please your customer, there are some customers that you know, you get to know over the years, and I would hook them up. Like, oh, you want extra pickles? All right, just take a handful when no one's looking. You
0: know? Wow. Do um when someone says like extra pickles, is that thirty cents or something?
1: Um, I don't think they charge for the pickles they charge like the cheese and stuff as it's extra but pickles i think were free people order extra
0: cheese on their burger
1: yeah extra cheese that's like 30 cents 40 cents a slice
0: i always think when people go to mcdonald's and they have special orders like that i'm like you don't belong in the mcdonald's
1: you'd be surprised
0: what percentage of people have a a complicated order 90 percent no way
1: yeah Amer- I, I think
0: want none of this or some of that or extra this or replace the drink with that.
1: America over the years has turned into where the customer's always right and you get it your way and all that stuff. So people realize that they can get food and not have to pick it off, you know? So like they're going to order it that way where maybe if you see sitcoms and stuff with chefs and they're like, no, you're going to get it this way because that's the way I made it. No one's like that anymore. So it's like You want to make the customer happy, so they're going to get whatever they want. That's about 90% of them. There's still a few that will get everything on it, just the normal way it's made.
0: But that's the minority. That is, yeah. Not to inflame myself too much, but do you appreciate those people? Yeah,
1: it, it makes it a lot easier.
0: But you're not that, thinking about that. You're not like, oh, what a thoughtful person. You're just like, what's the next thing?
1: Exactly, I'm like, next, next customer, whatever. Because my order myself is complicated. I get everything added to it. Like, a basic cheeseburger, I don't like pickles, so I don't get pickles. And then I'll add, like, shredded lettuce, I'll add mayonnaise, I'll add extra cheese, I'll add bacon, all that stuff. Because I, I like a nice... will do that? Oh, yeah. Mac sauce is one of the everyone's favorites.
0: Right, it's... I love mac sauce. Is that a way also to get it made fresher, if you have all these different things?
1: Um... The only way you're going to get a burger completely fresh is if you ask for no salt.
0: No salt?
1: No salt on the burger because we have to cook that burger at the time of that order separate. So it's going to come out right off the grill.
0: Because the other burgers have salt on them? Yep. I didn't know you that. about that. I mean, they eight, taste good. You 16 burgers a tray and you salt it, as
1: it when it comes up.
0: So if you, well, how many, is that going to be like five minutes, 10 minutes for the fresh one?
1: Oh, not even. It doesn't take, it takes less than five minutes to cook.
0: Wow. How do you make sure you get fresh fries? Is that just a lottery?
1: Sometimes, or you can, again, ask for no salt fries.
0: No salt fries. No one believes that, right?
1: They do. Oh, people catch on and they started ordering no salt fries and salt on the
0: side. Like In the drive-thru, because like, if you're just in the store, you can go to the area and pick up the salt packets, but drive through you can be that ball's person that's like, no salt on the fries, I also want extra salt packets. Yep. I'm, yeah, never, so you, I'm never doing that.
1: The problem with the no salt fries is that we don't have a special bin for no salt fries. So the whole bin is covered in salt at the end of the day. So you have to really take the basket that the, the fries cooked in, take your no-salt scoop, and like finagle it while everything's burning hot, try to get as much fries in that box as possible.
0: Wow. And but then you're not- going to ask for
1: that. Yeah. So.
0: Wow. Um, why is the um, ice cream machine down?
1: Um, it depends on the store. Um, a lot of reasons is the store isn't cleaning it properly so it'll automatically shut off. Um, I've had in the past, because we were really good at cleaning, we had a tight schedule, we had like perfect cleaners for it. Um, I cleaned it myself before. The biggest thing is it's overused. So the machine itself, after a while, will stop working. Because uh-huh. it's not meant, I think when these machines are built, they're not meant to serve 800 ice cream cones a day or all that stuff that we're doing now. Right. no, when this was invented it was we we're you're probably doing a dozen a day. Yeah. So right now, for hours. You're having sales on buy one, get one, McFlurry, or here's the shamrock shake and all that stuff. Yeah. So I think that's why it's breaking a lot.
0: Do you go to um, other locations and are and like this is wrong, that's wrong? Yeah. Yeah. And does it bother you a lot or do you not actually
1: care? It's, at first it didn't. And now it doesn't because I haven't been there in so long. Mm-hmm. And I actually haven't been to really a McDonald's in forever. But at first it would piss me off. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? I, I would be the one that got yelled at all the time for, that hey, you did this little thing wrong, you did that little thing wrong. So it's, like it's embedded into your brain as if I went to military mm-hmm. academy. And so to see another store, not care. I'm like what? Yeah. What? I just spent eight years of my life devoted to caring, <laughs> and you're just uh, nope. Fine.
0: I have to say, when I go, I haven't worked. In, I've worked service jobs. I haven't worked at a McDonald's though. But when I go to a McDonald's, I love when it works. When it works well, it's amazing. Like, yeah. and like it's noticeable that the places that care and the places that don't care. And I'm not like shaming the places that don't care. There's probably reasons that they don't care. And like, you know, like someone above them isn't held accountable or like supported and they're not, the other person isn't held accountable or supported. Um, Which leads me to my final question about McDonald's. Um, Can you speak to the sustainability of working there? What was that? Can you speak to the sustainability of working at McDonald's? Like
1: like a, a full-time job in a way? Yeah. Was, um, it's possible. Um, there are managers that I've worked with who are there for 30 years, their entire life. But again, I feel like when they started, that was 30 years, what, like 90s, 80s, you know? So back then, you could live off of whatever they gave you for a salary. Nowadays, unless they're going to up their salaries, I don't really think you can just solely work at McDonald's. I did it. It was really hard. Um, At the moment I was making, before I left, $14.50 as an assistant store manager, which was ridiculous because Connecticut is expensive. Um, And for everything I did, I felt like, you know, throw me a bone right. uh, but I don't think that you could survive solely on McDonald's anymore right. and they're trying to raise the minimum wage to 15 an hour for everyone but I still don't see it the way this economy is going you're still going to need another job mm-hmm. and even as a star manager unless unless you're married and you have a two income household I, depending on your lifestyle I guess If if you don't have a car, if you don't have a high priced apartment, all that stuff, I think maybe yeah. But other than that, which most of us we live, I think, more than we need to (laughs) have a nice car, have a nice house, have a nice clothes, like me, you know, have all these things that maybe are more luxurious than necessary, but I don't. I couldn't see myself for there any longer. Uh-huh. wasn't making the money. I wasn't appreciated as much as I would like. I couldn't survive.
0: Mm-hmm. But you've like parlayed it into what seems like a really great situation, which I think speaks to your work ethic, and hopefully they're valuing, valuing all the skills and work ethic that you're bringing to this new place, which it sounds like they are, which is really good. I wanted to ask you what you feel about the election.
1: Oh god. Number one. I hate politics. I hate politics. Um I know I know like the basics of politics.
0: But why do you hate it? I think you don't need to, you only need to know the basics and then not even the basics to go vote.
1: I think I hate what politics have become maybe, how society has taken everything. Where it's if you like this candidate, then you're going to hell or you know, like, Democrat versus Republican, and everyone has their own opinion. But people like to put their opinion as a fact.
0: Yeah.
1: have coworkers like that. They're up there in age, and I, I would like to, you know, trip them on the way out the door because they don't listen, where they, their opinion is, is the facts of life. And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I think any politician is corrupt. For so the majority. Um... Again, we're not gonna see the full picture because that's their lives. And there's a lot behind the scenes that you don't see. But what comes on camera is a lot of it's garbage. I, I don't have like this, this last, even the last campaign in 2016, I hated it. I didn't like either candidate. This one, don't like either of them. Um, I I, I kind of get where people say your voice matters and even though I'm one person, my vote will matter. But then there's a part of me that's like, well, even if I vote for someone else, that person's still going to get elected and it's, I have no control over my government. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. politics is a very, it's a very gray area where, I don't know. I really don't know.
0: So you don't it's- feel like I gotta go vote for Joe Biden. I don't. Why not?
1: <laughs> I, again, I, I, I feel like my vote's not really gonna do anything. Because and of I, everything? I, haven't, I haven't paid attention that much this year on the election. Not just because of everything that's going on in the country, but I feel like this year, and even last year when they started all this crap, it's. Um, it's like, oh, who's worse? Who's better? You know, it's like a competition right now Or like, oh, well, they're both pedophiles, they're both raping people, they're both this and both that. And that you're not, that's all you're getting out of it right now. You're not getting, like, what is this person going to bring to the next four years? What is this person going to do for this country?
0: Well, Joe Biden can read.
1: That, that's
0: good, yeah. <laughs> you know, anyway. I just want to offer that.
1: He was the vice president. I didn't mind him. I loved Obama.
0: I thought Obama was a great
1: speech person. He was—he was a great visual. He was like had that family values. I loved him and his wife. You know, I I loved seeing that. And then we go to Trump, where it's complete opposite. I like that he's honest sometimes. Like he'll say what's on his mind because I'm like that. But sometimes it's just shut up. Just shut up. Like stay off of Twitter. Just. Be the president.
0: Do you think that he's responsible for, like, lots of deaths that were unnecessary in, like, a lot of different arenas?
1: I don't want to put the blame on one person because the government is so many different people involved, and the point of our democracy is so that that one person isn't the only one in control. The only bad part of this is media focuses on the president is the one person that has control of everything but they don't so you have those people that get mad like oh that president didn't do this this and that or they did that but you also look at it was senate and the republic or you know the, congress. the house yeah. congress you think, all of them backing them up half the time they're not they're in it for themselves mm-hmm. it's you have the three branches of the government and half the time they don't want to work together
0: Right,
1: out of this one person that we elected, supposed to do everything
0: they want to do. Right, so, he is exceptionally yeah. bad, though.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you have your presidents. You know, like go back to Nixon, you got Clinton. Oh, uh, they all did bad things. You know, <laughs>
0: he's ex- this. The one is exceptionally bad.
1: I know. I, I I try not to speak so bad about the president because everyone else does it. For-
0: well, that's, yeah, that's
1: a good point. Everyone else is doing it. But, you know, there, there's a lot of things about him I don't like. But, again, even Biden, who knows? He could look like a shiny face right now, and then when he's elected, he could turn out to be a horrible president. Could, we don't know that, no, obviously.
0: That's an if. But could he Not, turn out to be a horrible president? Like, I don't think no, he could turn out to be a horrible
1: no, president. Honest. So, really, you're looking at the vice
0: president that he gets. You know yeah, I mean? right. And Kamala reads and talks.
1: Exactly. Hello. Which I do like the fact that we could have a, our first female vice president. That would be cool. I don't know much about her because I kind of gave up. People at work kind of fill me in on stuff, but that's, again, their opinions. So I don't even know if it's real. Mm-hmm. But to go back to the death thing, I, I don't like to put death on one person because you really can't. Yeah, um, I think that he did make some bad decisions with this entire pandemic. But if I was in his shoes, I would not know what the hell to do. So for me to put judgment on this one person, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be able to do that job. That job is stressful as all hell. You have the media on your back 24-7. Can't do it.
0: Yeah, but I think Trump
1: is stressed out. He, actually, I don't know. Lately, he's been looking. If you look at pictures now, he looks like he's getting, like that age is setting in, and he looks I, like...
0: I truly hope so.
1: <laughs> because when he first started, he was like, you know, you got that confidence in him. He was like, yeah, I got this. And now you look at him, he's just like, I'm, I'm over this.
0: Well, he never, he's it's never so- had a job before. This is his first job that he's ever had to be somewhere, and he oh. can't stand it.
1: No, and he's got the media on him more than he ever has.
0: Well, right, which he asked for and which every president has.
1: Yeah, but again, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you can say one thing, but to do it, it's completely
0: different. Yeah.
1: Easier said than done.
0: Yeah. Um, my last question for you is what, uh, during this Period in history where a lot feels sort of hopeless. What gives you hope still?
1: Oh, that's a trick one right there. Uh, I I really don't know. Um, My own perseverance, I think, just I still have the rest of my life to go through, and I don't like to let people get me down. So everyone's negativity just it brushes over my shoulder. I I can care less. Um, I don't know how the country is going to be in the next you know twenty, thirty, fifty years. Uh, and I do feel bad for our generation coming up. I have a niece and a nephew who are still young, and when they get older, I can only imagine what the hell this place is going to be. But as far as me, I I still got, you know, at least another 50, 60, 70 years to go. Who knows what that's going to be like. But every day, I, I just got to keep going.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to following it as much yeah, as you right. keep sharing. <laughs> you know, I my deathbed.